With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, KFI AM 640. Handle here. All right. Let's just get right into it. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. There is a Michigan town where great houses, but you have to be a Christian to buy a house. Whoa. How does that work constitutionally? Well, here is uh, the, the the point. First of all, is uh, it's a camping ground. Uh, that Methodist family started 140 years ago. It's sort of a you know like a camp. My kids went to Jewish camp and people go to Catholic camp uh, day schools. It's really easy. By the way, when uh, the kids went to uh, the Jewish camp, see most most times you sit around the campfire and you sing songs and kumbaya. The camp they went to, they did derivatives uh, in front of the fire. That's how I knew that camp was for my kids. In any case. What happened is this uh, this town uh, named Bayview has developed into a vacation spot for people who can afford the upkeep of a second home. And it is a it literally is a community. It's a home and only practicing Christians are allowed to buy them or even inherit them. Homeowners, according to a bylaw introduced 1947 and then is strengthened in 1986 required to produce evidence of their faith by providing things like a letter from a Christian minister testifying to their active participation in a church. We're not just talking about people who are Christians. We're talking about people who go to church and pray. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be Methodist. You can be uh, any kind of a Christian as long as you're Christian. And what they're saying is it's simply part of practicing our own beliefs Well, uh, not according to the ACLU. A lawsuit, of course, that this community is in clear violation of constitutional, civil, and religious rights and federal housing rights. I mean, it violates everything. But we'll see what happens. My guess is uh, it's pretty unconstitutional because we're not just talking about a camp. We're not just talking about sort of a a little community. We're talking about a full community, houses, all of it. Now we're going into a federal violation of law if only 
a group of person, be it Muslim, be in this case, it happens to be Christian, be it atheists, where you have to declare under the penalty of perjury, you don't believe in God. I think they're going to lose big time. I really do. It's a great story, isn't it? All right. Let's take some phone calls. Hello, Doug. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. What can I do for you? Yeah, I really appreciate t- taking the call. Sure. I'm a contractor, and I'm owed. Uh, I was paid a. It's a nineteen thousand dollar bill. I know you don't want to do numbers, but they paid me the deposit of eight. Well, still you owe can, me eleven. Yeah, you can do numbers. So, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, they still owe me eleven grand, and and I know that's a ten thousand dollar small claims. Uh, and I don't really know how to go about this bill. Okay, that's easy. First of all, uh, you, no, no. Uh, what you do is you waive the thousand dollars. Uh, and just ah, figure if you it. if you can get ten thousand, you go for ten thousand because the got jurisdictional yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, because to get a lawyer uh, is now going to cost you way over what you're going to possibly get, so it doesn't pan out. So you basically say you're owed eleven thousand uh, dollars. You're asking for ten, even though you sue for eleven thousand dollars. You pretend as if it's uh, that there is no jurisdictional limits, okay? You just pretend. And what happens is you want the judge to know that it's $11,000, and you want the judge to say, all I can give you, Doug, is $10,000. Understood. You know, it just makes the judge more apt to give you the full amount. So there's a wrinkle. Can I throw this sure. at you real quick? Sure. She she is a retired. Uh, it's a roof replacement that I did. She's retired and she's on a reverse mortgage. Now she's telling me I don't own the I don't own this house anymore. I don't own this house. And doesn't matter. She's, she's the one. That, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She's the one that hired you. I contracted with her, and does her well? Her mortgage company saying we don't owe you any more money. That and they might not. Right. They might not. But it's it. it she's she the does. one that she contracted with. Okay. Mortgage company didn't contract with you, so you're going to get a judgment against her individually. Understood. Very okay. Good. I All right. It, Bill. Thank not you. a problem. Yeah, it was easy. Uh, here, oh, Linda. Hello, Linda. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Um, my question is. Um, on February 1st, my landlord said I need to be out by April 7th. I found a place and I told her that I'd be moving out March, at the end of March, or March 1st, rather. And she said I need to pay for two more weeks because I didn't give her 30 days notice. But she gave you the notice to get to leave. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. fine. So what's your question, Linda? That was my question. Oh, yeah. No, it. no. It doesn't matter who gives who the notice. As long as she has uh, the 30 days notice... Uh, it's she's gotten it. She has more than the 30 day notice because Linda, she's the one that gave you the notice. Exactly. So, yeah, you smile and go, uh, why don't you tell that to a judge and argue that I didn't (laughs) give you the notice when you gave me the notice? What, you're going to argue you didn't know? See, that's the (laughs) argument. The whole point of notice is to give plenty of lead time. That's what notice is about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's going to be I don't think she's going to go any place with that. Maybe she does. Uh, Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Uh, so I have a what I think is a stalker. He's detained in somewhere out of California, and uh, he's in there for statutory rape. He's been sending me letters for the past three to five years about how he wants to be with me and how he's going to have me no matter what. And um, I call, you know, I go to the police station nearby, show them all these letters and say, look, this is what this guy's writing me. And they're like, well, you can't do anything. All right. Hold and- on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you can. And they're uh, because she's they're You're not being stalked. 
what you're doing, you being is being written to saying we're going to be together. Yes. Okay, and that's technically how- not a stalking. Okay. However, you can mm-hmm. do something about it. What you do what is you? call uh, the warden of the prison, for starters, and uh, share the letters with him. You call, I did do that. And what did the warden um, say? They told me that it would go into his evaluation because he was due to get out at a certain time. Okay. They're like, okay, his evaluation's coming up. We'll take note of that. So um, a while later, it, it just recently happened where I called them just to see what the status was because it's getting a little close to that time where I know he's going to be out. And um, they're like, oh, he's still due. And they gave me the same date they gave me last time. So they like they basically didn't do anything. And I was like, okay, is there anything that I can do after he gets out? Anything, I understand. No, here's what you can, here's the other thing you can do is once he is out and mm-hmm. he does other than send you letters, okay. uh, un- unless they are, it's it's hard to prove stocking just sending you letters. Just toss them out. If he keeps sending you letters every week, uh, it, it's there's a point where it's harassment, not stalking. Okay. Uh, and just harassing you in and of itself is a crime. Uh, well, not a crime. Certainly, uh, you can get an uh, you can get a, a uh, an injunction against him. And if an it's someone if it's someone who is a felon and is enjoined from uh, contacting you and goes ahead and contacts you, that is violation of a court order, and he can get he can get in a lot of trouble for that one. Which is uh, oh. hopefully what you happens. So. Uh, what you want to do is file an injunction. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would even file one where he is uh, in jail. Uh, where is he in jail right now? He's in Florida. Okay, so find out if you can go to that jurisdiction in Florida and file an injunction against him, a restraining order. You may be able okay. to do it. You may be able to do it in California. I think you can do it in Florida. And I think a judge under the circumstances will issue one. If he keeps on going, he's in violation of a court okay. order. So that's not going to help him at all when he is looking to be released. Uh, because what happens is uh, you write to the board, parole board or whatever, and say, uh, look at this. He's in violation. Right. However, if he has done his time, uh, Vanessa, he's out. Mm-hmm. They're not going to keep him in jail for more than that. And then if he starts doing it, you go to the DA, too. So you have your injunction that you file, temporary restraining order, you file Florida if you can. Figure out how you mm-hmm. can do that. Now, because I, I, you can do it, of course, but I want you to do it cheaply so you don't have to hire a lawyer over there. Uh, you can get a restraining order here just by walking into court and uh, filing an order on your affidavit. The judge will give it to you, a temporary restraining order. And okay. uh, then the DA's office, if it turns out he keeps on doing it. Okay? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Okay, Bye. you got it. I have no idea if any of that helps. I made all of that up just now. But it sounded good, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's marginal legal advice. No, I think that was legit. I, th- I actually think that was legit. All right. This is Handle on the Law. I can't wait to go home. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, Pleasure having you here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hello, Ryan. Uh, Welcome to Handel on the Law. What can I do for you? Hey, Bill. About four years ago, I got a retail credit card. 
And uh, just recently, they switched uh, companies from HSBC to City, which is fine. I still have the card, but now it looks like a brand new card on my credit report, and I've gotten hit on my number of on-time payments and my open age of credit. Yeah, I know. know they they do that. So um, I, there's no legal recourse here, Ryan. Uh, yeah, that's, I figured there was no legal recourse. But you know what? You can dispute it. You can go to the credit card company, and uh, if nothing else, uh, regarding that one card, I mean, they have to they have to let you make comments on any issue. So you can simply on that one card issue, simply say uh, they switch cards on me. But the problem is, Ryan, that no one bothers to look at that stuff. All they look is FICO scores. Right. So if you've got a drop of 30 points on your FICO score because of it, and you know for a fact that had you not had that drop, you would have qualified for the credit, you just call someone and go, hey, guys, look at my credit report. You'll see what's going on with that. And this was me paying my bills, but through some technical shift, I got nailed, and I think that's all you can do is make a phone call and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. The credit card uh, folks have you by the gonads. There's no way around it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that fun to hear? Yeah, Yeah, I know. God bless all of them, right? Hey, Dan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What can I do for you? Well, I had a a, a case with uh, Chase Bank uh, several years ago, and uh, they... uh, Oh, shoot. Oh, honey. What is, what is going on? I'm trying to let my wife in the back door. Oh, I thought it sounded like you were having sex with your wife. And uh, I was about to, well, that was last night. It was anyway, going to be, uh, listen, how long you been, wait a second, how long you been married, Dan? 25 years. And you still have sex with your wife? Well, yeah, every once in a while. I might be stretching it just a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, hey. Wow. Okay. Anyway, uh, Bill, what it is is... Uh, I had a uh, an account with Chase, and uh, they uh, well, I went out on disability, and I had insurance. So uh, what happened was uh, uh, I had to get letters signed by my doctor at the VA, and uh, which he did. But they got it about a month late, so they dishonored my insurance, and they uh, sued me. So I hired. Wait, a lawyer. They sued. Wait, a second, they sued you for what they paid you. I'm assuming, right? Uh, no, for the continuing payments, there was still like another four grand owed on the. Right, but what did, uh, what did the they account. sue? But what did they sue you for? Uh, well, I, I would have to look at the paper again if I could find it. Yeah, and, I uh, doubt. You know what? I, that doesn't make a lot of sense that they're suing you. I mean, it makes sense that they just simply stop the payments, or they're suing, uh, well, or they're uh, suing you for payments they've uh, that they've already paid you that they think they shouldn't have paid you. It, it, what it was was Chase had sold the account to a second collector. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, well, the- then uh, uh, what happened was uh, I hired a an attorney, and the attorney has since gone out of business, and he's got all of my original paperwork. And they said, well, if you want your original paperwork, uh, fill out this form releasing that lawyer from uh, from all uh, – uh, to do's about the case. No, all you can do is wait. A, original all papers. you can do is substitute him out. He With has a right. Attorney? Doesn't matter. Substitute him out for you, and then you can hire okay. another attorney. In other words, uh, he, you sign no harm, no foul. What you don't want to do is say that he has no further liability. That okay. you don't want to do. But an attorney. Well, that's what they're asking me to do. No, you say no. 
You say, absolutely not. I will substitute you out. And if they say they will not release the file unless you release them of liability, go, that's a state bar complaint right now. Okay. That is a state bar complaint because that's pure extortion. Yeah, because, you know, uh, he didn't do $1,500. Doesn't matter. I get it. I get it. You can also also sue him in small claims court for your $1,500. But okay, it doesn't matter. That's after I'm you get the file. I'm more worried about what Chase is going to do to me now. Well, you got to hire a lawyer. I see. Yeah, okay. More money out of pocket. Well, uh, except you're going to sue him for $1,500. Yeah, okay. That's one. And you're going to substitute him out and put yourself in as the attorney. And then you can hire an attorney. And then, and then you then the attorney substitutes himself in. You don't want to. Okay. You want to do it in two separate actions. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, you got it. Actually, it sounds like a loser, but that's what he should do. Lawyers. God, I hate lawyers. Lawyers. I haven't decided, decided where lawyers are on the food chain. They're somewhere between curable and incurable lepers. There's no, they're just not... Uh, if my daughters wanted to be lawyers, I'd kill them. I'd go, you know what? You don't want to be a lawyer. Well, how about be a hooker? I'd rather have you on the street than be a lawyer. It's more honest work. This is Handle on the Law. And even when your hope is gone, move along, move along, just to make it through. When all you gotta keep is strong, move along, move along, like I know you're Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, Sita, or is that Seda? Seda. Seda. Well, that was close. All right, what can I do for you, young lady? All right, here's, here's the deal. I was living in Texas last year. In August, I needed a car desperately. I had crappy credit. So um, I went online, and a dealership picked me up and said, come on over, I can help. I sat there all day. They went through the whole spiel. They they tried to dump me off with these cars that had 80, 90,000 miles on it. Finally, they got me a loan car that had 3,000 miles on it, and they said, come back in three days, and it's yours. So they did the paperwork. Everything was supposedly copacetic. I, like an idiot, trusted them because they looked like Opie and your next-door neighbor, and they were Texans, and I believed them. So I signed, initial signed the contract and nothing else. I leave. I'm wondering where my paperwork is. Where's my place? They tell me you got to go back to the dealer. Two months later, I go back. I get my place, and I said, "Where's all the paperwork? I need copies." Oh, here's the copies. So I move back to Cali. I'm here. I decide to go see if I could refi or maybe dump this car off because I really didn't dig it. But um, I went to a Volkswagen dealership, and this nice general manager sat down with me and reviewed all my paperwork and said, "Hey." 
you know you have extended warranty on this thing? And I said, no, never asked for that. And he goes, well, you have it. And how about this? You have gap insurance also. I said, I never asked for that either. He goes, well, you've got it. He goes, but interesting, none of that paperwork is signed. It's on your loan, but the separate documents uh, for the extended warranty and All right. the gap insurance. Got it. How much, and how much, more, how much more is it costing you for that? Uh, almost four grand. All right. Well, how much a month? Uh, I don't know what the breakdown is. All right, and it's four thousand uh, dollars, almost four grand. Over what period of time are you going to be paying uh, this? It's a five year. All right, so it's uh, a five year extended warranty at four thousand dollars. So it's what about eight hundred bucks a year, uh, seventy yeah, bucks. But what happened is they forged my signature. Oh, I, I understand that they forged they forged your signature on the additional uh, payments of seventy eighty dollars a month, right? Yeah, and All they right. sold me a used car and marked it as new. Ah. Now we're talking some serious violation. Now that's yeah. another issue because they can always say you signed it. No, I didn't. Yeah, you forged it. No, I didn't. And even assuming you lose, you get gap insurance, which is not a bad thing to get. And the extended warranty, which is not the end of the world either. Um, you, you may not want you may have not wanted it, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it's not the end of the world. You got something that you didn't particularly want, but there's real value there. Uh, especially if the car breaks down, depending on the extended warranty company, because they tend to sell you real crap warranties, which is why I always go exactly. to dealer. I always go to dealerships and buy the warranty from the dealer. Uh, but you're going to pay more money, but it's legit. Now, right. selling you a new, a used car, and saying it's new—that's a different issue. Yeah. How do you prove uh, that? Because that is a serious okay, violation of law. Uh, how do you prove exactly. that? Their their loophole is that it was a loan car and it never was titled. So I'm actually the first person to have title on it, but it had 3,000-plus miles on it, but they marked the box as new. Uh, yeah, that is uh-huh. that is a little loophole, but that's a new car does not have 3,000 miles on it. And I don't exactly. know the rules, uh, whether that loophole is going to work or not, uh, but I would argue uh, that one is an interesting one. I'd love to see case law on that. And, uh, oh, yeah. and the problem is you bought it in Texas. So you're living in yeah. California. You have to deal with Texas. Now, uh, the other side of that, 3,000 uh, miles on a car is virtually new. I mean, you, you think about it for a moment. Uh, let's say you lose all of it, okay? Uh, what you uh-huh. did is paid for a new car, and it had 3,000 miles on it. Uh, who doesn't think that a 3,000-mile uh, car is not new? And you're talking about a, a Volkswagen, is that right? No, I bought I bought a Chrysler, but it was a loan car, and several people had used it. Who knows how they drove? Well, it, it doesn't matter how they drove it. You, it, they could have. It's still the car is new. I mean, it's uh, you'd see some damage if they drove it damaged. You look at the tires, for example, are they worn? You look at the the upholstery. Is someone smoke and put their cigarette out on the seat? Uh, so <laughs> it's. It's not the end of the world. In other words, uh, you you got ripped off, Sade. I'm not arguing you you, you didn't get ripped off. The issue yeah, is how badly were you ripped off? Where it seems and about the forgery, the forgery. I understand, but that's a criminal issue. I'm not saying you, you got ripped off, Sade. You got ripped uh-huh. off. However, you didn't get ripped off of twenty five thousand dollars. You got ripped off because here's a, a car we're selling is new and has three thousand miles on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, is that worth the case? Is a lawyer going to pick that up? Is it worth flying back to Texas and filing a small claims court? Maybe. A suit? Sure, but you have to go to Texas, and you have to file, and you have to show up. 
So, and that may be worth it. I don't know. And you want to look at the value of a car. Uh, I'm all, in December, I was already $13,000 upside down. And I that doesn't matter. August. That doesn't matter. That, uh, well, nobody wants to touch the refi because technically it was a used car. Right, and right. Nobody's gonna refi. I, I get that. Uh, so you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Of course, you, you exactly. took you took the car home and you didn't read the paperwork and you trusted them, and that's the other idiocy because they're going to exactly. say they're going to say you this is what you wanted and you can't prove it mm-hmm. because you ended up signing all the paperwork as far as they're yeah. concerned, and now you're arguing forgery. Now, unless you can prove it's forgery, I mean, it has to be such they have to be such different signatures where it's clear cut that it's forgery. Yeah. It is. Okay. All right. Then call. Then what you want to do? All right. So call the DA. Call the district attorney. Call the DA in the county in Florida. Not that they're going to do anything because they don't care because they've got other fish to fry. But call the cops. Call the DA because that's all you're going to go. Bottom line, Seda, you were screwed. They are. uh, They are a bunch of thieves. They are a bunch of criminals. But it's such a small case that no one is going to touch it. All right. Yeah, you got screwed. You got screwed, but you didn't get screwed that badly. It's not cases uh, like I loaned uh, my best friend $100,000 and won't pay me back, and I have no place to go, and he went bankrupt. That's serious. They sold it as new. It has 3,000 miles on it. <sighs> okay. You know, it's, it's a drag. It's horrible, but it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not like you've been cut open. Your guts are spilling out. And then warranties, you know, it's not bad to have a warranty. It really isn't. And gap insurance, man, people who don't have gap insurance are crazy. I'm just letting you know that. You want gap insurance. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. We're stimulating talk bill handle Saturday morning. And welcome back to Handle on the Law. All right, uh, Brooklyn. Now, not Queen, not not Queens, but Brooklyn. Yes. Hi. How love are that. You? Love that name, Brooklyn. What can I do for you? Um. Yeah, I have a question. I um actually sold my RV, my my, my boyfriend's RV, to a new friend. Um, we had um, an agreement in writing, stating that he would pay back um the first down payment that we agreed upon after a month, and then the remaining balance um, by the end of March of this year. Um, he went MIA. Um, he called us, and uh, he said that the RV was towed, and um, he was not on the title. We did not switch over the title or anything like that. And um, he asked for my boyfriend's driver's license number, and, of course, my boyfriend gave it to him thinking, you know, it was a technical. I- I'm not sure why. Stupid on his part, I, I think. Um, and um, 
the guy we ended up finding out that the tow truck company actually released the car to him, to to the friend. And um, he was not on the title. He did something with the um, driver license. All right, did he? Now, he was not. Is he on title now, Brooklyn? My boyfriend? No, uh, the guy who took the. the, uh, No. Pardon? No, he's not. Okay, so, so what's your question? My question is, do we have um, a case against oh, yeah. the tow truck company? I, well, I don't know, because if he if they came in forging a document, if he came in with a forged document, but it gets really interesting because uh, when I try to take a, a car out of uh, out of Hawk, uh, my daughter's car had been stolen and it had been towed away uh, because that's what the police do. I had to go get the car, and mm-hmm. it was in my name. I had to show all this ID uh, to prove it. Now, right. it could be if he forged your name and then showed the ID it's him, then you have a criminal violation. It's that simple. You call the police. Uh, right. Because not only is it a forgery, it's a theft. He stole right. your car. He stole your RV. Right. Uh, so do you have a, a claim against a towing company? Probably not. Really? Yeah. I mean, because what, how, how do they determine that it is uh, a forgery? Do they assume it's a forgery? Well, no, because honestly, I've had to deal with a tow in the past once before, and they are so strict about you being on the title of the car. If you are not on the title, but you know, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You, what did they? What did he forge? I'm assuming that he forged a bill of sale. That you're, that, and that is not enough. You're right about that. If it was not showing title. See, I thought he forged a title document. No, no. Oh, okay. Then I think the uh, tow company is liable, and he is also in trouble for theft yeah. and and forgery, all of that. But yes, if the title, if the uh, tow company just released it on a bill of sale, that is not enough. You're absolutely yeah, no idea or anything. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I think uh, what's the value of the RV? Um, about five, six thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. I I instantly sue the tow company in small claims court. And still go after uh, your old buddy or your new buddy that turned out to be not such a buddy and just get a police report on him. When you get your money, if you get your money from a tow, uh, the tow yard, you are, that's it. You've been reimbursed. You you can't have a double hit. Right. Okay. But I'd so go after. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you think that I, sh- that we should um, try to negotiate something with the tow truck? Nope. Nope. I don't think they're going to do anything for you. I think you just straight out take them to court. Really? Yeah, I mean, if they're willing to pay you, I mean, sure, you call up and you go, hey, I want my money. They're going to tell you to go pound sand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a court case. Kyle, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Kyle. Thank you. So, um, Bill, I work uh, at this after-school program, and there's kids coming into this location and to learn about um, science and stuff. And next door is the sushi restaurant, and they relentlessly smoke their cigarettes and they walk in front of our after-school program, and we, every every day I smell the cigarette smoke come through the building. Okay. And every day I walk out there and say no smoking because we did put a sign up front right there that says no smoking, and they're ignoring and they're smoking every well, day. Well, hold on. Let me ask you a question. You put a sign up, and you've decided there's no smoking on the street? Well, um, I, I didn't make the legal decision. The law does. I believe the law does say that no, there is no smoking within 200 feet of operable windows and doors of a... Of a of a after, of a school, but All right. the thing is, this is not a large enough facility to be considered a school. Well, you got a problem here. Either it is a school or it is not a school. That's starters. 
Can okay. you legally prove that you are a school? Well, I mean, we do. We, we, uh, kids come in and we do teach them stuff, but I, I don't like the. Hey, like the, kids, the, let me tell you, my kids tutor kids and they come into our house. Does that mean it's a school? Well, you could argue that, but I think the question No, 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 no. You can argue all you want. Is it a school? Has it been determined to be a school? There are licensing issues with a school. There are, it's a nonprofit with a school, and there's all kinds of requirement by state law that says this is a school, and you have to meet these requirements. Are you a school? Um, I mean, obviously, I would consider myself a school. Yeah, I don't I care what you would consider school. yourself. Come on, Kyle. I would consider myself a, uh, a, uh, a school. Hey, how about this? I've just robbed the bank. I don't consider myself a bank robber or a felon. Does anybody care? But think of the kids in the smoke. I mean, there's got to be something I can do. Legally? Yeah. Right? Get, legal? I don't know what you can do. Think about it. You're dealing with the law. And the law says that you, within the, as, as you give me the law, because you obviously uh, know more about that specific statute or ordinance than I do, and that is within 200 feet of a school. You're not a school. What more do you want? Well, I consider it a school. I don't care. Nobody cares but the, but the what you children. consider. The, and the nobody family. cares, Kyle. Nobody cares. About Nobody cares. That's right. Those kids could all get lung cancer right there in front of you, and nobody cares. <laughs> oh God! I know. It just uh, how frustrating is that, huh? This is Handle on the Law. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.